I have been selling this book, Zanaz Lee and Wan Chun Hong's Guide to Indie Filmmaking, which is published by MPH for a while now. It's a really good book. If you want to be a filmmaker, whether it's for YouTube, social media, TV, film, cinema, whatever, this is the book to get. I'm going to make it more accessible and more affordable to all of you because I believe that everybody needs to become a filmmaker. The more filmmakers we have in the world, I think this world will be a better place to live in. Now it's available as an electronic book download on my website. I'm gonna link it here. It's really cheap, it's really affordable. It's only five ringgit if you want to get the ebook version, okay? Five ringgit! It doesn't really cost much, right? It's just a little bit of something for me. I mean, it did take a lot of work to write. Each chapter of this book talks about one part of the filmmaking process. And for each chapter as well, I interview a local filmmaker. It's only five ringgit! It's only five ringgit! You're watching and <laughs> listening to the Fat Bidin Film Club and I'm assuming I'm Zan Azli. And I'm Shao Abustawan. And as usual, every week we watch a local film and we review it. Uh, and this week, we're going to review a local film that is on uh, Disney Plus Hotstar. Mm. Uh, it's called... Uh, Zombie-topia We watched Zombie Zombitopia. First and yeah. foremost, we have to make a full disclosure that Mingjin is my buddy. He's my friend. We made our first feature film together. He was the director and I was the producer. Which went to the Berlin Film Festival. Ah, right? Yeah, yeah, so we both cut our teeth on our first feature film together. Right? I've known him for a very long time. He's known me for a very long time. I respect him. He's a good filmmaker. I've seen many of his films. Uh, he's a guy who, in Malaysia, I would kind of like uh, equate to kind of like Steven Soderbergh. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying he's as good as Steven Soderbergh, maybe better. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like Steven Soderbergh, he does his art films and then he does his really mainstream films like Oceans, the Ocean 11s and the 12s and the 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, right? Uh, but he also does his artsy, fartsy films. Like the one about the mannequins in the factory, I don't know lah. But I've seen, like, yeah, so it's like that. So he kind of has been able to find that balance lah. Mm. So he's made Zombitopia. He made Zombitopia. Which I would say falls under the mainstream category. Okay. Like one of his mainstream category films lah. Okay. He's done KL Zombie by the way, which was a mainstream film in the cinema as well. Okay. Okay, so that's the disclosure that I wanted to make here. Okay. Alright. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting when you talk about the film. No, but really, I mean, just my buddy. So All it's right. going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Alright. Okay, you want to tell us what the film's about? Okay, so Zombietopia is about um, this dude played by Shaizi Sam, whose name I can't remember right now, the Melayu dude, who um, basically there was a, the f a first zombie apocalypse where people were infected by zombies, and that was when um, Shaizi Sam's character, who was then a boy, sort of lost his family. You mean he transitioned and then, to a girl? No, because then later on he becomes okay, a man. I'm joking, right? I'm joking. <laughs> why? Why don't you just do these reviews alone? <laughs> go on, go on. 
Sifas mm. rudely interrupted <laughs> by my asshole husband. I was saying mm. that okay, so now Shaizi Sam's a grown up. Uh, he survived the first zombie apocalypse, uh, which I guess wasn't very apocalyptic because there's still a world, I guess. And then um, he sort of becomes friends with um, Hassan, who's played by Azman Hassan, <laughs> uh, who has also lost like his wife, I guess, in the first apocalypse. Um, but he doesn't seem to remember that his wife has died and then uh, they like collect scrap metal or something uh, they're surviving lah and then suddenly BAM there's a second zombie apocalypse uh, which is brought about by the guy who cured the first zombie apocalypse who's a doctor played by Bron Polari so uh, Bron Polari feels like he's been forgotten as a Malaysian hero or discarded so he decided to like you know take it out on the Malaysian people and uh, unleash another apocalypse. Uh, so oh, he unleashed the apocalypse. Huh? Yeah, he like started infecting people who then because he wanted to take he wanted to test whatever. No, because he was angry at the Malaysians because right. he forgot about him. But I thought he was also trying to like find a way to cure his daughter who was infected. But he found the, the cure the first time, ma. Uh, then why the doctor? That's how he stopped the apocalypse. But then how come the daughter was never uh, cured? I don't know. So anyway. Mm. That, from, that was my understanding of the, mm, yeah. of the film lah, okay? Yeah, anyway, there are many, now, many understandings so now, of the so film. So now there's a second zombie apocalypse. And then uh, Shaghizi Sam is like basically thrown in the middle of it. And yeah. So, that's the film. More yeah. or less. Yeah. Okay. So, well, now, on, on to the review. On to the review. Um, great actors. It's a nice way of starting. No, really. I thought this film, it has all of my f favorite actors <laughs> in Malaysia. Shahizi Sam is great. I mean, I love Police Evo, right? Mm. And he's great in Police Evo. You know, oh, the muscles and the, and the muscles. And he's also muscular here. Mm. <laughs> and there's Azman Hassan, my all-time favorite non-hero hero. Who doesn't really stay very long. Yeah. Though, but never mind. There's Braun. We all like Braun. Right, Ron so is very yeah, nice to look at. yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a star-studded cast. Well, I don't know if it's star-studded, but definitely good performers ah, who uh. have proven to be good performers, uh -huh. right in film. Um, but the I film would, I don't know. I think they also perform well yeah, in this they, film. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. I thought so. Shahizi so Sam. They, yeah, mm. he was very tortured. And very, yeah. you know. Bron Palare also. Very true to his um, yeah. tortured, traumatized. Uh -huh. And, and Braun Palare, the way he delivers his lines as an yeah, evil doctor, nice evil genius yeah, maniac, you know. I like that. Yeah, Azman Hassan, he's Not always troubled Azman look, Hassan, you know. We wish there was more okay, of Azman Hassan. Yeah. Mm. But the okay. film itself, the story itself, I don't know. I didn't think it was uh, Ming Jin's best work, lah. Ming Jin, sorry. And ah, uh, uh, it's not, not his best work. <laughs> I've seen a lot of his films. His films has been to Cannes. His, been, his films has been to many top tier festivals. Mm. And I've seen many of them. They're all really good. Even the mainstream. I, I watched Chaos Zombie. It was great. It was very entertaining. Mm -hmm. This one fell short. It was. Why? It was a little bit disconnected. The story mm -hmm. and scenes that were happening in the film also sometimes didn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I understand the 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 what the suspending of belief or something like that. What what, what do you say? Suspension. Of Suspension belief. of belief because it's a zombie movie. It's not real anyway, but it doesn't it doesn't pull you in. 
Ah, oh, but now you're already cutting into the the later part that we wanted to discuss. So I guess we should blend it. Yeah, in we can blend it in. There's okay, an issue, so, right? There's so, an issue so here. So for some context to the suspension of disbelief, huh. um, bef- after we watched the film, actually, we discovered that there was um some issue happening. Yo. Where, um, basically, it all started with um uh, our, our, our our fellow reviewer bro Zaflog mm. uh, reviewed Zombitopia and then uh, Mingjin uh, went on a podcast and he said that uh, reviewers like Zaf will only say good things if they're paid mm. and then he basically went on to sort of defend his film on this podcast because uh, the people on this podcast on this podcast had also written a review. And it, about it, his film and it, it was a negative it wasn't review favorable. it wasn't so a very favorable he basically review. went on that podcast to defend this film to the death yeah which was um not very pleasant to listen to lah actually so anyway <laughs> yes okay so um we, we didn't well we tried not to let those opinions influence our opinion of the film oh, no 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 uh, yeah. they didn't really you know um influence our opinion of the film and I I feel like it really goes back to in reviewing this film, it really goes back to what we always talk about where you cannot, ex- if you need to explain your film, then it's not like a good film. If you need to ex- explain your film outside of the film. Yeah, then it's not a good film. If yeah. you're constantly like, if you are explaining like things like, oh, it's because it's like this because of like a suspension of disbelief, or it's like this because I wanted to portray it like this, like this, like this, and people don't get it in the film itself, then the film as a standalone is probably not a very good film because it doesn't deliver the message that you want it to yeah. deliver because the suspension of disbelief needs to happen without people realizing it yeah if you have to make people realize it then it's not much of a suspension of disbelief yeah and if you yeah. are if you are i guess flagging it and and you know outrightly like marking it then it's also difficult lah. Yeah. so why yeah. didn't we like the film okay so like like do you want to go? Why you don't like the film? Uh, okay, well, I... I the, it w- the film felt like a lot of um, action and CGI, but then very little else of anything. So, it, it was very, like you said, disconnected. It was very disjointed. Um, it's supposed to be the story of this person who has survived a zombie apocalypse before, but then he seems to react really badly in the second zombie apocalypse. Mm. Like... Almost as if, you know, people who have survived the first lockdown and then don't know how to do like a second or third lockdown. Hmm, wonder where that's familiar. <laughs> but anyway... It should be a very relatable film, isn't it? It should be a very relatable film. Yeah. So it was very relatable in the sense that, you know, he seems to also not know what to do in this second uh, apocalypse. Um, I was kind of willing to excuse that because I thought, oh, maybe the first one he was like a child. Yeah, and, and you get triggered, yeah. right? Traumatized so, yeah, you're or triggered, you're traumatized. Maybe that's why you don't know how to react. But like simple survival skills also like a bit don't know, like a bit, a bit cannot lah. Mm. And um, later on we find out that he actually is immune. He's, he's, he's carrying immune a gene that's zombies. immune to zombie bites. So, zombie so the can zombie bite can him literally and tear him, him apart. Flesh okay. and everything and he's like all good. Yeah, not only will he is he immune from be turning into a zombie, but his wounds heal really, really fast too. Yeah, almost. Yeah, he, like he's like X-Men, like 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 Wolverine. Mm. Yeah. Which also But that was the point because the Bron Palaris character wanted to get the sample of his blood. Yeah, of his blood to mm. figure out how to cure this apocalypse. Yeah. Which was also kind of weird. Like so he infected everybody again and then he now he wants to cure everybody. Oh, because he was selling the cure. He was selling the cure. 
to a foreign country, a foreign power. Mm. And uh, that was how he was going to like take his daughter and start a new life because, okay, fine. So it wasn't that he was going to cure us, it was just that he wanted it for the highest bidder. Which, okay. So the film felt to me like it was trying to be parallel to what reality really is now. But considering it was made so long ago, I guess we can't really say that. It's just that it so happens to have come out in a time where it is a bit parallel to the current reality. Oh, it's okay because like Prebet Sapu also was yeah, made yeah, yeah, before yeah. the MCO but now is the MCO, yeah. it's relatable. Yeah, so you know? yeah. It, it is um, sort of parallel to the reality now but it doesn't deliver well or it isn't showcased well, huh. it um, is kind of peppered with a lot of CGI. Um, it, yeah, it's peppered with a lot of CGI, and then it's bad CGI. It kind of gets yeah a bit confusing, uh, and uh, it basically I felt wasn't very well executed la. It was a bit messy. Mm. Yeah, messy would be the word. It's a bit messy. Um, it doesn't. It, not to say that it doesn't follow a linear storyline but there's no like real development of the character so yeah. like the, uh, the entire theme of it is like survival survival of the zombies survival from the zombies and everything but you don't really feel that and uh, there's even a small segment where like there's a bunch of zombies that are being taken care of by a human and um, it's supposed to be like a little bit emotional and supposed to, to, to invoke like some feelings in you but Everything, every element, every step of the way sort of fell short for me. Yeah. So it just ended up with me feeling really nothing la mm. for it, which was kind of disappointing. Yeah, I, I felt like there was no... I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> it started out, the context and the, I guess, the, the pre... What is it? The premise of the story mm. had potential. Mm. It was interesting, mm. you know, about you know, these characters mm. and why they're there and all mm. that. But then as the story went on, I didn't know what it was about. I seriously didn't know what the story was about. And there were scenes that were just so absurd, like the dinosaur scene, the bridge scene, mm. uh, the bridge where he's just going back and forth, you know, being attacked by the zombies without having to screen up his window. Mm. Why? And then uh, the dinosaur and all that. Uh, now, of course, we listened to Ming Jin explain his film. Yeah. Uh, we we also watch other reviewers review the f yeah. review the film. Okay. Um, the sense of disbelief is, I don't know. Fine. The filmmaker can do anything he wants in the film. Um, uh, you know, have a have a turning point which which kind of catches the audience by surprise or whatever mm. plot twist and all that, isn't it? That's totally fine. I mean, I I don't think that is like a scamming the audience or anything like that, mm. right? It's the right of the the director or the filmmaker, but the filmmaker. Uh, needs to understand that it should work, mm. right? I like a lot of absurd movies, mm. right? Like Sikit Punya Gila. Have you seen Sikit Punya Gila? That movie has no point either. <laughs> it has no point. But it's a fun movie. You watch it. You watch it till the end. You enjoy the characters. You enjoy the scenes. You enjoy the jokes. You know, Pineapple Express. Uh, but it's made to be absurd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thus made well. Ah. This film was it supposed to be made to be absurd because it didn't seem like it. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, whether it's absurd or not absurd, just number one is zombies already. It's yeah. not supposed to be real. Yeah. But you're supposed to kind of like get bought into the. Yeah. The, the, you need to buy into the film, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like watching uh, 28 Days Later. It's absurd! Like zombies take over London. No, but even but, then, yeah. like this film, right? It was it was about zombies, sure. But it was also about this guy. And it was supposed to be about this this guy, like surviving the first one and then now being in the second one. And we didn't really get to go on that journey also, I, I, I felt. 
Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah, so then can you really consider that it was supposed to be like an absurd film when it actually had like a character that was supposed to, I don't know, grow or go on like some adventure, journey, survival, whatever, but then didn't. <laughs> what was that movie? That's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the, the movie with uh, Ben Stiller, the one where he acts as a model. Oh, it's a, it starts with Z, right? Yeah. Sona, and then uh, what, he tries to kill the Prime Minister of Malaysia yeah, yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Zootop- no, not Zootopia. <laughs> yeah, but that movie Zoolander! Zoolander. 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 That's absurd. But you want to see his growth as well as a character, even mm. though it's comedic. Uh. Do, do you know so what I mean? I, that's what, I feel like this film was not made to be intentionally absurd. It was supposed to be in this... Um, unrealistic reality with hmm. the zombies and everything but it wasn't made necessarily in the direction of being absurd yeah. that's that's what I I got la, from it mm. but then it came out absurd because yeah. of how poorly it was delivered yeah and then and then and so on so forth on social media things blew up between film critics and yeah. filmmakers so let's address these two things yeah. number one about the bridge and number two about the dinosaur mm. so both of these these points that have been brought up by many reviewers and also now brought up by you, Minjin defends by saying, uh, it's it's a film where, you know, the reality is is like you know it's supposed to be a suspension of reality. So then technically he can like and this I'm not quoting him directly lah, but paraphrasing it's it's sort of like it's the filmmaker's agency to do whatever the filmmaker wants. So it's like why not a zombie in the film? Why not you know and then Dinosaur. like this bridge thing. Um, you know, people are saying logically you would like wind up the windows. You know, why didn't you wind up the windows? Hassan didn't have to die. He didn't have to like run into like the zombies and everything. Mm. And then Mingjin's like, well, yeah, but that's what he did. So why not? You know, uh, you cannot expect people to always just act the way you expect them to act. Then you're just telling the filmmaker how to make the film. Yeah. But are we really telling the filmmaker how to make the film or we're just asking logical questions here? Like, in a logical battle of survival, like, would you not do these logical things? Like, why would you run into a herd of zombies with a, cr- a crowbar or whatever it was? Like, why? What was the point of that? Yeah. And like, Shaizi Sam not winding up the windows the first time, and then like, like you said, going back and forth on the bridge. Why? But then again, I guess in situations of trauma or whatever, people do also act illogically. So was that what he was trying to portray? Because from the interviews, it doesn't seem like it lah. It just seems like he's just saying, I can do whatever I want with my film. Yeah. Which is okay, fair. But you also cannot scold people for questioning the logic lah. Yeah, like you can, you can do whatever you want. Because, okay, coming from a filmmaker's perspective, I made lots of films. Mm. Minjin has told me my films suck before, mm. <laughs> right? Uh, many people have told me my films suck. If they suck. And if they're good, they're good lah. Mm. You know? Uh, and one thing that I have learned Right, I mean, we spoke about crit- film criticism before. Remember the 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 one with uh, so Shamsul Yusof and all that, right? Um, as a filmmaker, once your film is done, uh, and this is my perspective, and uh, you put it out there, you cannot control how the audience perceives it anymore. Mm. It's organic in that sense. Yeah. A film then is let out there and it becomes like it, it, it obtains a life of its own yeah. and audiences from different places different contexts different cultural backgrounds different beliefs we'll or whatever will interpret it differently. totally different a Malaysian audience will see it totally different than a Chinese audience in China mm. uh, an Italian audience will see it totally different from a Canadian audience yeah. right so it, you have to let the audience react however they want to react if 
you want them to also allow you to make the film however you want to make it. Yeah, it's like yeah. let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Because you put it out there, you... Yalla. And one thing that I have learned is to ne never head, go head on with the critics. It's not a good idea. It's not a good... It's not healthy lah. Because, no, not that because the critics are going to tear you apart. No, it's not one, one group is better than the other. But, but it's, it's, it's just, just yeah. this is not it. People yeah. want to... It, it's subjective. Which right? he also said. Yeah. He also said it's subjective. Everybody has yeah. subjective opinions, even professional critics. Yeah. You know? And criticism is always subjective. Yeah. No matter what field, whether it's art, photography, you know, literature, film. It's, it's just that. Even food critics are so insubjective. Yeah. Right? So yeah. here's another point that uh, Mingjin brought up specifically about the dinosaur. Hmm. He says, oh, if Hollywood had put, like, created a film like this that was absurd with zombies and a dinosaur, people wouldn't critique it because it's Hollywood. But when Malaysians do it, uh, we don't celebrate it as much. Uh, and then he went on to say that Malaysians are always out to shoot down Malaysian films and we don't support our Malaysian film scene and then how are filmmakers then supposed to, you know, make mm. Malaysian films. Um, okay, so I really feel like this, this argument about oh, if, the, if Hollywood do it, um, we, would, we would accept it and we would, we would, we would say it's okay is um, kind of moot because again, number one, it's subjective but I personally would not accept uh, if it's bad, it's bad lah. It doesn't yeah. matter where it comes from, it's bad. So like, for example, uh, Michael Bay's Transformers. It's horrible. All of it is bad. And it even got to the point where it was like literally absurd. And now like even the Jurassic World series, the f Jurassic Park was great, but the new Jurassic Worlds that have come up where they make like a theme park and then they use uh, dinosaur's DNA to make a mega dinosaur that can camouflage itself and, and, and you know, uh, evade your heat sensors and all that kind of thing as in intelligent. That's already bullshit. None and of I the Jurassic Park series were good except for the first and one. And I don't, yeah, and I don't buy into that. Uh. So, um, I don't think it's fair to just say that people are penalizing you or penalizing your idea because um, you're Malaysian or because you're local. Uh, I do agree that. Um, you know, the Malaysian film scene doesn't get a lot of support but it is also unfair to say that it gets no support at all and only because they are Malaysian films. Um, this example also has been brought up many times by many reviewers, particularly in this context, but Roke got support from a lot of people. Including us. Including us. Um, and it was a really good film, it was very simply made and um, we supported it because it was a good film. So. It's, it's the same like other Malaysian films, like all of Yasmin, Ahmad film, Yasmin Ahmad's films also got really good support. Not and really, they have been. No. Only well, by certain, okay certain circles. Half, half yeah. But the point I'm trying to make here is the film it doesn't suck because it's Malaysian. It sucks because it's a bad film. And as a filmmaker, I think one of the things we need to accept sometimes is to gracefully accept yeah. that. Lah. If that is the public opinion, you cannot tell the public. You cannot firstly victimize yourself and then tell the public that they are wrong because they are entitled to their opinion. And yep. who did you make this film for? Again, it comes back to that. Like the same thing that we talked about in our Shamsul Yusuf argument. Who is this film made for? Is it made for everybody or is it just made for the people who will tell you that this film is good? Uh, uh, like, like a lot of Shamsul's films, a lot of people like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't like it. Some, some, mm -hmm. like I don't like it. Then I just assume that he's not making it for a target audience like me. Yeah. But he's he's successful because yeah, he achieved his objective because he made it for his target audience and his target audience loves it. Yeah. So 
for me, that's a good filmmaker already lah. Mm. You know, so, I know, and, and again, maybe different people like the movie. Yeah. You know, maybe there are people yeah. out there who like uh, the movie and they will mm-hmm. say it as it is. Yeah, he but, said. And okay lah. Yeah, so he said, uh. Min Jin said that the film was pretty well received in foreign markets. Mm. Okay. But just didn't That's do well great, in yeah. Malaysia. So maybe then it's just not made for a Malaysian audience. Mm. So it again comes down to who is this film made for? Yeah. From from the podcast interview and from the reactions to the reviewers and to the critics, it really feels to me like the film was made for himself. Which is also fine. Which is fine. Like I make films for yeah, myself too. Which is fine. Yeah. But then But I then you got to realize that yeah. people will perceive it Differently lah. Yeah, and then being defensive over how people react to your film is a bit not classy lah. Yeah, and but... I, I don't know, I'm not for that. But I have to add, because Ming Jin is a friend, I don't know Ming Jin as somebody like that. All this while also, you know, we've always watched uh, films and, you know, we talk about films and we watch each other's films, mm-hmm. friends' films and all that. Uh, we criticize, we don't criticize, we say good things, we say bad things. But as filmmakers, we've always agreed that we take what we want to take in order to improve ourselves and ignore what we want to ignore. Okay, right? so when you yeah. listen to the podcast mm. as his friend, mm. you heard everything he said yeah, at Verbatim. <laughs> How did you feel about that? Uh, it, it, it's not what we have been like all this while. Yeah. Uh, well, don't know. Uh, we should we should actually get Mingjin on. But Mingjin, do you want to come on? Maybe I'll text you. You can. <laughs> but I don't know if you've already felt like. Speaking on the podcast was already your your say, then maybe I don't know. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, no, because because seriously, right? I have to say, ninety percent of Ming Jin films I like, mm-hmm. and they're good, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> but you're still not addressing everything that happened on the podcast, like how he reacted. Yeah, to that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm so. I'm surprised because this is something that we've never talked about. As in, not talked about, but never talked about that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what critics are like, uh, how films are criti- criticized, and all that, right? Uh, and as filmmakers, we take, like I said, we take what we want to take, we ignore what we want to ignore, but we don't come out defending things that we know is subjective. You know, uh, people have a right to their opinions, um, and it seems to be like drawing a clear line between filmmakers and film lovers and film <laughs> film critics and people who just enjoy films for the sake of that. You know, and what about people like me, you? We make films and we also criticize films, right? Uh, I teach film. Minjin used to teach film as well. You know, uh, so it's talking about being open-minded, right? Everybody on all, all, every, every uh, point of view needs to be open-minded, lah. From all perspectives, all parties need to be open-minded and understand that it is just subjective. Yeah. yeah. And I think particularly in this context, filmmakers can do better to to sort of handle it lot. Mm. Yeah, because this was not I felt handled well. It was um yeah, it was very um almost crass mm. and uh it was not a way it was not a way to really openly discuss a film. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, so would you tell people to watch the film? Um, if you have Disney Plus, I would. Star. If you have Disney Plus Hotstar, you already paid for your monthly subscriptions. I'd recommend watching the first 20 minutes. 
and then and then imagine how it goes on after that with your own perspective and your own your own <laughs> imagination. Okay, so I. <laughs> If you have a Disney Plus Hotstar subscription and small children, I highly recommend watching the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Why? Because our two-year-old son was so engaged with the dinosaur. With the last 20 minutes. Is it with and the he dinosaur? He was so happy to see a dinosaur. Yeah, because he loves dinosaurs. And he loves dinosaurs, and he was just like so upset when the dinosaur like was not on screen anymore. <laughs> so that's my recommendation. So I guess we just leave out the middle part of the movie lah. Like, yeah. Skip through that. <laughs> depending on how old your the people in your house is. Yeah. But yeah. Or you know, you could actually just watch the whole film and then let us know if you agree with Ningjin or if you agree with Zaf or if you agree with us. Hmm. And or basically just let us know what you think about the film lah. Like. Yeah. And because look, you can agree with anyone. It's okay! <laughs> I was just gonna say because we're open to all opinions. Yeah, it, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. Right? This, some some film reviews and some films I hardcore have a stand on and I like will fight you if you say that you you know feel like sexism and racism should be in films. But like this one in particular I have no opinions. Like yeah. you know. I'm cool. Just just let me know what you think. Yeah, and Mingjin, it's been a long time since we wanted our kids to come together for a play date. <laughs> We're gonna make that happen after the MCO. Even though our planning was before the MCO. If Minjin still wants to be friends with you, Look, Minjin and I go way back, la. Right? Yeah. Like I said, you know, when we are never attacking any of the filmmakers. We're not. We never we're do. Not. We never do. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we never do. Yeah, and we're friends with a lot of these filmmakers. Some of them, yes. Yeah. And we're friends with Zaf too. Zaf, I, I highly respect his opinions about films. <laughs> Since Zaf is going to with video I'm not friends with Sabinin. <laughs> no, but really, I, you know. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. Yeah, but no, I'm. When it comes to Zaf, just small note before we end. Mm. I don't feel like Zaf is the kind of person that would say nice things just because he gets money for it. Um, yeah, he's been he's he's way way more brutal with his film reviews, uh, the ones that I've seen anyway. Uh, and he's like very straight to the point, very cutthroat, very honest. So he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that could be bought lah. So just yeah. just putting it out there. And he has a he has a right to to do so. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he has a right mm. to, to say whatever he wants, his opinions about any film. Again, it's subjective. Yeah. It's totally subjective. Yeah. So yeah, like this video. Don't like this video. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, follow us on all our social media at, at Fatbidin. Or go to fatbidin.com to get everything. You've been watching and listening to the Fatbidin Film Club. I'm assuming I'm Zan Azli. And I'm Xiao Ewsawan.